Hey, it's Aaron, and this is 31 Nights of Scary Shit. Hey, shitheads. Back again, October 2nd, 2023. Super pumped to be back doing episodes again. Did the episode of the Boston Strangler to kick off uh, the month of October. So if you haven't checked that out yet, episode 139, the Boston Strangler dropped yesterday. So just to let you know, our Instagram page is back up and running. So you can follow us at 31 Nights of Scary Shit on Instagram. You also can like us on Facebook at 31 Nights of Scary Shit. And you can send an email to 31 Nights of Scary Shit at gmail.com. So um, if you are a listener from way back when the pod started in 2020, um, you may have been following us for some time now. So I am in a new location. So I relocated to the greater Boston area and then I have been super excited about that. Um, new life, you know, new, new experiences and all of it has been great. Sadly, uh, Sarah and I, since we are not in the same location anymore, we just couldn't really make it work. Life got in the way. Um, but I do have a new co-host who will join me from time to time. She did join me for the Boston Strangler episode from yesterday. So that's my girl, Anita, who will be joining me from time to time. So I'm super excited to have a co-host again. Tried to do some episodes by myself last fall, and the magic just was not there. It's really difficult to do a podcast when you're, when you're a single Uh, Some people can pull it off. Eh, I need the banter. So with that being said, I have wanted to do dramatic readings for some time. And what better time than Halloween season to do a dramatic reading of Edgar Allan Poe, my favorite author, one of my favorite stories, probably my favorite story by him, The Telltale Heart. I thought it might be kind of cool to do a reading of that for the Halloween season. I'm feeling in the spirit of all things spooky. I was hanging out in uh, downtown Salem yesterday, really getting the Halloween vibes, really cool seeing people really embracing that Halloween spirit, walking around in costumes and uh, had family in town. So shout out to them. Um, My cousin Michelle and her husband Armando They uh, came into Boston and came to hang out with me down in uh, Salem. So we had a really great time. And I'm just really excited because October is my favorite month. And I'm really, really trying to commit to, in the spirit of 31 Nights of Scary Shit, how it started as a podcast where we did an episode each day in the month of October. I'm really trying to full on commit and do that. So I do have some things planned. Um, The episodes might come out a little bit late, a little bit later at night, but I am really, really trying to make it happen that I put out an episode each night. Can't say they're going to be the most exciting, but I'm going to do my best. So without further ado, um, I'm going to get into my dramatic reading of Edgar Allan Poe. Um, I also wanted to mention that full transparency, I am not techie at all. So um, my co-host Anita, I think she's considerably more techie than I am. So I'm working on trying to 
get the theme song back in. I full transparency again. I kind of lost track of the track that we used to use. I was not the person that was responsible for any of the technical things. I'm lucky, quite frankly, that I can plug a microphone into my computer and record. So I'm working on trying to, you know, upgrade my tech life a little bit. So first couple episodes might not have a cool theme song. I'm working on picking out some music. Um, It'd be great to find that old track, but I simply, I don't have the file, you know, it's not on my computer. So, but one of my goals, one of my goals of moving forward is to, you know, make this podcast a bit more, a bit more professional sounding and, and a bit more polished. But until that happens, you're just going to get me very awkwardly talking and talking too much and, you know, basically just, just kind of winging it. If you hear uh, weird random noises, there's a lot happening outside of my apartment. I don't have a recording studio. I have a second floor apartment and I can't say that the acoustics are great, even though I have a pretty decent microphone now. You may also hear my cat. So I got a cat. I got a cat back in July and her name is Socks and she's a tuxedo cat, black and white. She's very cute. And sometimes she may make an appearance right now. She's staring at me. Yeah, there she is. That's my girl. So if Socks decides to make an appearance, hopefully that won't be too annoying to our audience. All right. So if you're not familiar with the story of Telltale Heart, it is a super creepy story of a man who is a caregiver to an elderly man who has an evil eye, an eye that looks almost like the eye of a vulture. And back in the day, before we knew what cataracts were, the explanation may have been that a person who had that kind of clouded overlook to their eyes might have been that, you know, it was, it was something evil, you know, something like the mark of the devil. So the caregiver is so put off or put out by the, by the eye that he starts to have these really murderous thoughts. It just drives him crazy. So each night he he sort of stalks the old man. He opens up the door a little bit and he shines a light on the eye and he just obsesses over this and he just gets increasingly more, you know, just bothered and, and, and kind of angered and paranoid about the old man's eye until so much so it just drives him completely crazy and he kills the old man in a fit of rage then his guilt consumes him and he he ends up getting caught he ends up confessing to the crime so here we are one of my favorite stories by my favorite author edgar allan poe the telltale heart true nervous very very dreadfully nervous i had been and am but why will you say that i am mad the disease has sharpened my senses not destroyed not dulled them. Above all was the sense of hearing acute. I heard all things in the heaven and in the earth. I heard many things in hell. How then am I mad? Hearken and observe how healthily, how calmly I can tell you the whole story. It is impossible to say how first the idea entered my brain, but once conceived, it haunted me day and night. Object, there was none. Passion, there was none. I love the old man. He had never wronged me. He had never given me insult. 
For his gold, I had no desire. I think it was his eye. Yes, it was this. One of his eyes resembled that of a vulture, a pale blue eye with a film over it. Whenever it fell upon me, my blood ran cold. And so by degrees, very gradually, I made up my mind to take the life of the old man and thus rid myself of the eye forever. Now, this is the point. You fancy me mad. Madmen know nothing. But you should have seen me. You should have seen how wisely I proceeded, with what caution, with what foresight, with what dissimulation I went to work. I was never kinder to the old man than during the whole week before I killed him. And every night, about midnight, I turned the latch of his door and opened it. Oh, so gently. And then, when I had made an opening sufficient for my head, I put in a dark lantern. All closed. Closed, so that no light shone out. And then I thrust in my head. Oh, you would have laughed to see how cunningly I thrust it in. I moved it slowly, very, very slowly, so that I might not disturb the old man's sleep. It took me an hour to place my whole head within the opening so far that I could see him as he lay upon his bed. Ha! Would a madman have been so wise as this? And then when my head was well in the room, I undid the lantern cautiously, oh, so cautiously, cautiously, for the hinges creaked. I undid it just so much that a single thin ray fell upon the vulture eye. And this I did for seven long nights, every night just at midnight. But I found the eye always closed, and so it was impossible to do the work, for it was not the old man who vexed me, but his evil eye. And every morning when the day broke, I went boldly into the chamber and spoke courageously to him, calling him by name in a hearty tone, and inquiring how he had passed the night. So you see, he would have been a very profound old man indeed to suspect that every night just at twelve, I looked in upon him while he slept. Upon the eighth night, I was more than usually cautious in opening the door. A watch's minute hand moves more quickly than did mine. Never before that night had I felt the extent of my own powers, of my sagacity. I could scarcely contain my feelings of triumph. To think that there I was opening the door little by little, and he not even to dream of my secret deeds or thoughts. I fairly chuckled at the idea, and perhaps he heard me, for he moved on the bed suddenly as if startled. Now, you may think that I drew back, but no... His room was as black as pitch with the thick darkness, for the shutters were close-fastened through fear of robbers, and so I knew that he could not see the opening of the door, and I kept pushing on it steadily, steadily. I had my head in and was about to open the lantern when my thumb slipped upon the tin fastening, and the old man sprang up in the bed, crying out, Who's there? I kept quite still and said nothing. For a whole hour I did not move a muscle. And in the meantime, I did not hear him lie down. He was sitting up in the bed listening, just as I have done, night after night, hearkening to the death watches in the wall. Presently, I heard a slight groan, and I knew it was the groan of mortal terror. It was not a groan of pain or of grief. Oh, no. It was the low, stifled sound that arises from the bottom of the soul when overcharged with awe. I knew the sound well. Many a night just at midnight, when all the world slept, it has welled up from my own bosom, deepening with its dreadful echo, 
the terrors that distracted me. I say I knew it well. I knew what the old man felt and pitied him, although I chuckled at heart. I knew that he had been lying awake ever since the first slight noise when he had tuned in the bed, when he had turned in the bed. His fears had been ever since growing upon him. He had been trying to fancy them causeless, but could not. He had been saying to himself, It is nothing but the wind in the chimney. It is only a mouse crossing the floor. Or it is merely a cricket which has made a single chirp. Yes, he has been trying to comfort himself with these suppositions. But he had found all in vain. All in vain. Because death, in approaching him, had stalked with his black shadow before him and enveloped the victim. And it was the mournful influence of the unperceived shadow that caused him to feel, although he neither saw nor heard, to feel the presence of my head within the room. When I had waited a long time, very patiently, without hearing him lie down, I resolved to open a little, a very, very little crevice in the lantern. So I opened it. You cannot imagine how stealthily, stealthily until at length a single dim ray like the thread of the spider shot out from the crevice and full upon the vulture eye. It was open, wide, wide open, and I grew furious as I gazed upon it. I saw it with perfect distinctness, all a dull blue with a hideous veil over it that chilled the very marrow in my bones. But I could see nothing else of the old man's face or person for I had directed the ray as if by instinct precisely upon the damned spot. And now have I not told you that what you mistake for madness is but over acuteness of the senses? Now I say there came to my ears a low, dull, quick sound, such as a watch makes when enveloped in cotton. I knew that sound well too. It was the beating of the old man's heart, It increased my fury as the beating of a drum stimulates the soldier into courage. But even yet I refrained and kept still. I scarcely breathed. I held the lantern motionless. I tried how steadily I could maintain the ray upon the eye. Meantime, the hellish tattoo of the heart increased. It grew quicker and quicker and louder and louder every instant. The old man's terror must have been extreme. It grew louder, I say, louder every moment. Do you mark me well? I've told you that I am nervous, so I am. And now at the dead hour of the night and the dreadful silence of that old house, so strange a noise as this excited me to uncontrollable terror. Yet for some minutes longer, I refrained and stood still. But the beating grew louder, louder. I thought the heart must burst. And now a new anxiety seized me. The sound would be heard by a neighbor. The old man's hour had come. With a loud yell, I threw open the lantern and leaped into the room. He shrieked once, once only. In an instant, I dragged him to the floor and pulled the heavy bed over him. I then smiled gaily to find the deed so far done. But for many minutes, the heart beat on with a muffled sound. This, however, did not vex me. It would not be heard through the wall. At length, it ceased. The old man was dead. I removed the bed and examined the corpse. Yes, he was stone, stone dead. I placed my hand upon the heart and held it there many minutes. There was no pulsation. He was stone dead. His eye would trouble me no more.
If still you think me mad, you will think so no longer when I describe the wise precautions I took for the concealment of the body. The night waned, and I worked hastily, but in silence. First of all, I dismembered the corpse. I cut off the head and the arm and the legs. I then took up three planks from the floorings of the chamber and deposited all between the scantlings. I then replaced the board so cleverly, so cunningly, that no human eye, not even his, could have detected anything wrong. There was nothing to wash out, no stain of any kind, no blood spot whatever. I had been too wary for that. A tub had caught all. Ha ha. Well, I had made an end of these labors. It was four o'clock, still dark as midnight. As the bell sounded the hour, there came a knocking at the street door. I went down to open it with a light heart. For what had I now to fear? There entered three men, who introduced themselves with perfect suavity as officers of the police. A shriek had been heard by a neighbor during the night. Suspicion of foul play had been aroused. Information had been lodged at the police office, and they, the officers, had been deputed to search the premises. I smiled, for what had I to fear? I bade the gentlemen welcome. The shriek, I said, was my own in a dream. The old man I mentioned was absent in the country. I took my visitors all over the house. I bade them search, search well. I led them at length to his chamber. I showed them his treasures secure, undisturbed. In the enthusiasm of my confidence, I brought chairs into the room and desired them here to rest from their fatigues while I myself, in the wild audacity of my perfect triumph, placed my own seat upon the very spot beneath which reposed the corpse of the victim. The officers were satisfied. My manner had convinced them. I was singularly at ease. They sat and while I answered cheerily, they chatted of familiar things. But ere long, I felt myself getting pale and wished them gone. My head ached, and I fancied a ringing in my ears, but still they sat and still chatted. The ringing became more distinct. It continued and became more distinct. I talked more freely to get rid of the feeling, but it continued and gained definitiveness until at length I found that the noise was not within my ears. No doubt I now grew very pale, but I talked more fluently and with a heightened voice. Yet the sound increased, and what could I do? It was a low, dull, quick sound, much such a sound as a watch makes when enveloped in cotton. I gasped for breath, and yet the officers heard it not. I talked more quickly, more vehemently, but the noise steadily increased. I arose and argued about trifles, in a high key, with violent gesticulations. But the noise steadily increased. Why would they not be gone? I paced the floor to and fro with heavy strides, as if excited to fury by the observation of the men. But the noise steadily increased. Oh, God, what can I do? I foamed, I raved, I swore. I swung the chair upon which I had been sitting and grated it upon the boards. But the noise arose over all and continually increased. It grew louder, louder, louder. And still the men chatted pleasantly and smiled. Was it possible they heard not? Almighty God, no, no, they heard, they suspected, they knew. They were making a mockery of my horror. This I thought, and this I think. But anything was better than this agony. 
Anything was more tolerable than this derision. I could bear those hypocritical smiles no longer. I felt I must scream or die. And now again, hark louder, 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 louder. Villains, I shrieked. Dissemble no more. I admit the deed. Tear up the planks. Here, here, it is the beating of his hideous heart. So, what do you think about the state of mind of the narrator in the telltale heart? Was he mad? Was he simply just full of hatred? And what do you make of him confessing? Did the police show up knowing full well that he was actually the murderer? Or was it just a really, really bad stroke of luck that the police happened to show up just to question him, just to find out more information? Was it his guilt? Was it really the beating of the heart? So this is one of those stories that when I was in school, um, always sparked a lot of debate. You know, was the narrator actually mad? Um, or was he just an evil person? So in the event that you have ideas about scary things that I could cover on the podcast, or you've had something weird, scary, um, odd happen to you that you think is story worthy, please feel free to drop me a line at 31 nights of scary shit at gmail.com. Um, I like to dedicate the October episodes to things that are spooky, but that being said, I'm kind of running out of ideas. I, I, I've covered a lot of, um, you know, hauntings. I've done possessions. Um, I've traveled to some of the scary destinations in new England, but you know, I'm, I'm looking for ideas. Um, so if you, again, if you have a personal story that you'd like to share, that would be awesome. I would love to devote an entire episode to somebody's paranormal experiences or, you know, just, just something that is hard to explain, I suppose. So with that, um, again, I'm really, really excited to be back into, uh, doing the episodes. I'm really going to try my darndest to do an episode, um, a night during October. He said they may be dropped a little bit late in the evening, but I'm going to do my best. And, um, if you are somebody that's just starting to listen, welcome. This was episode 140. Um, if you are a listener from way back when the pod started in 2020, so happy that, that you, um, that you've stuck with us. So until we meet again, friends, don't forget to stay spooky. Bye.